Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about Ozark, a show run by Bill Dubuque and Mark Williams. And we're going to be looking primarily at the pilot of Ozark, and then also looking at the entire season. Um, to look at how the engine of a successful series like this actually works and is actually put together. So um, one of the really interesting things uh, that we don't talk about a lot is the connection between engine and theme. So if you listen to this podcast, by now you understand the idea that engine is the thing that allows each episode to feel the same but different, to feel like the episode before, but also to feel like something new is happening. Um, And you also probably, if you listen to this podcast, understand that the first episode is a blueprint for all the episodes that are going to follow. So you understand the engine on the hook and structure level. Um, But what we haven't talked about yet is the way that engine works on the thematic level. Theme is so important. Theme is so important when you're writing for yourself. Um, But when you're writing for yourself, when you're writing a spec or you're writing a spec pilot, when you're not writing with a writing team, you don't need to be able to verbalize your theme at the beginning. You can discover your theme. Your theme can emerge for you. Um, You can build your theme out of your writing by discovering what's already working in your piece. Whereas when you're working on a project that's built by a team of writers, you need to have that theme out front and center. You need to be focused on theme from the very, very beginning. Uh, And the reason is that you want to make sure that everyone's building the same project and that everyone, all the decisions that are getting made are all unifying the piece together. You want to talk theme, even if you're not a feature film writer, you want to talk theme when you talk to a producer, when you talk to a star, when you talk to a director. You want to have those thematic conversations anytime there's a collaboration. Um, And of course, in your own writing, there's also a collaboration. There's a collaboration between the conscious part of your mind that is often unaware of the theme at the beginning and the subconscious part of your mind that is struggling with this theme, that wants to get this theme out. And if you look at the first season of Ozark, you see something very interesting, which is you see the theme of secrets governing every decision all the way down to the internal structure of each episode. You see that theme of secrets governing literally everything in that first season. And even if you're not as an audience member aware of the theme, you can feel that theme giving unity to the piece. So interestingly, if you look at seasons two and three of Ozark, um, while they're still quite good, When the writers lose track of that theme of secrets, you can feel the cohesion of the piece starts to fall apart a little bit. Um, You can feel the unity of the piece falls away just a little bit. You can feel that seasons two and three feel just a little bit different from season one. That 
They lacked just that little something that held it together on that subconscious level. Um, and so we're going to talk about how to get those themes front and center and what to do if you lose track of your theme uh, and how to use your theme in order to build your engine. So Ozark is building an engine around this theme of secrets. And one of the interesting things about the construction of the pilot is that not only do the characters have secrets, but the filmmakers have secrets in the way they deliver information to you. So if you look at episode one of Ozark, you can see that Marty Bird is telling himself one story, but we're actually telling ourselves something very different. And that actually starts from the very first voiceover. Um, we are seeing these images of money being wrapped in black bags at night and shipped over water and stuck in coolers. And we can tell something dark and messed up and complicated is happening, but we're not exactly sure what. We just know it's not good. And what we're hearing is a monologue that would make any dad and any financial planner happy. And the monologue is ultimately not just about the value of money, but about the sacrifices that a man like Marty Bird makes, the sacrifices of time with his family, the sacrifices of frivolous interests, the sacrifices he makes to prepare for the future of his family through money. And we meet this character in fact, we find out that the monologue that we've been hearing over these dark and murky events are actually the words of a super boring financial planner. A miserly dude who looks like he's unhappy in his marriage and unhappy in his job, who looks like he is masturbating to cheap pornography, even while on the job with a prospective client who looks like he's just down on his luck. And in fact, that's even what his friend thinks of him. His business partner, Bruce, thinks that he's just so unhappy in his marriage that he needs to go down to the Ozarks and spice things up. So we meet this man who, is, who we are seeing through these incredibly boring eyes. And we don't quite know how to resolve the Joe Normal super careful, miserly, cautious dad with these weird images that we saw at the beginning. Now, this is not an unusual trick. You can see the same kind of trick in Breaking Bad, right? It just, it, where we start with this guy naked recording, or in his underwear, recording his last will and testament to his son, and then cut back in time and find him a mild-mannered chemistry teacher. So this is not an unusual thing to see, but in, in Ozark, it is serving that theme of secrets. It is the writers keeping a little secret from you that you're not going to quite know who Marty is. It's not until the end of Act One that you realize that the porn that Marty has been entertaining himself with is in fact not entertaining at all. 
In fact, it's evidence that a, um, that a PI has pulled up um, of his wife having an affair and the woman that he's been watching and watching and watching is in fact his wife having sex with another man. And so you can see this theme of secrets doubled down. There's the secret of who we thought Marty is versus who he really is. And there's a secret that his wife is keeping from him. And there's a secret that Marty is keeping from Bruce. And all these secrets are already developing and we're not even 10 minutes into the pilot. Um, So you can see on the primary structure level, characters are keeping secrets. And then on the secondary structure level, the, the writers are keeping secrets. Um, So primary structure, again, is the way the character experiences the journey of the movie. And if you're relatively new to writing, don't even think about secondary structure uh, because until you really know how to build the primary structure of a character's journey, trying to slice and dice it and serve it up in an interesting way for an audience is most likely going to lead you to a game of smoke and mirrors. It's going to actually cut you off from your characters rather than really connecting you to them. But if you're a little bit more advanced and you know how to build that character's journey and you know how to connect to your character in an organic way and find your structure in an organic way, if you already know how to do that, then you can start to think about how does my theme and my secondary structure connect? How does the way that I serve up the information to the audience relate to what I'm trying to say as an artist? In this way, screenplays are like poems. Um, In poems, form is function. The form that the poem takes relates to the function of what the poem is supposed to do. And in the same way, in screenwriting, form is function. The form that the screenplay takes relates to what you are thematically trying to build. And so, as we continue through the pilot, Marty gets hit with another secret in the most shocking way possible. And in a way that is a complete shock to us because we think that we're about to watch a series about a boring accountant who's unhappy in his life, even though we know there's some dark stuff we saw at the very beginning. And bang, next thing we know, Bruce's fiance is getting shot and Bruce is revealing his own secret that he has stolen $8 million from a drug dealer that he and Marty have been laundering from. And bang, again, secrets, right? we start to realize, oh, Marty Bird is not who I thought he was. He's not a mild, bored accountant. He is not a guy who's bored with his wife. He is a man who is living two lives at the same time in his need to provide for his family, that he has somehow gotten himself involved in a huge money laundering ring. And his best friend and business partner has somehow seen fit to betray the people that they're working for with his own secrets, stealing money from them. And the next thing you know, Bruce is dead. The character that you thought was going to be a recurring character, the best friend, is gone. And Marty gets launched into a really uncomfortable journey 
for a man like him, for a man who is so careful, who, who is always preparing for the future, who has planned every move, who has invested every penny wisely. Marty, through sheer desperation, convinces Dell, the big bad hitman uh, who works for the cartel, convinces Dell that the Ozarks, the place that his friend Bruce pitched to him as a place to get away and maybe get some spark in his marriage, he pitches to Dell that the Ozarks are the ideal money laundering place, even though he just <laughs> learned about the Ozarks a couple scenes ago. He convinces Dell that he has a plan to launder $500 million with no FBI and no problems like they have in Chicago. And Dell tasks him with a very challenging task. He's got 48 hours to raise the $8 million that his friend stole from Dell, sell his house, and move to the Ozarks. And what's really cool about this is that this huge shakeup in, the, in a careful man's life takes him on a journey over the first season that is going to force him to get real with his kids, to get real with his wife, that is going to force those secrets out. So, Again, the form of the piece is built around secrets. The writers are going to keep these secrets up their sleeves and they're going to deliver things in a ways that are surprising to you where the secrets come out a little bit later and not at the time that you expected, where you think you're seeing one thing and you learn that there is another layer happening underneath, that the characters are going to have secrets from each other and the writers are going to have secrets from you. Here's what's interesting. Ozark. Ozark is really just Shit's Creek. Ozark is really just Shit's Creek in the Ozarks. A wealthy family who is highly dysfunctional goes to a rural place that they would never dream of going. And in going there, find their way back to each other. In Schitt's Creek, they find their way back to each other by learning the values of family, by the people around them, by learning the values of, of meat and potatoes life and work and those kinds of ideas. So in Schitt's Creek, it's a different theme and obviously a very different tone governing the peace. But you can see the same thing in Schitt's Creek. Um, in Schitt's Creek, the... The series works incredibly well as long as the characters are fish out of water who don't really understand what it is to be a normal human being. And the series in later season is still funny because the writing's so great, but loses a little bit of unity when, when it loses track of that theme, when suddenly the kids have jobs and are finding love and the parents are communicating and everybody's changing and connecting. It loses a little bit of its engine as those characters who are so not down to earth get more down to earth. Um, in Ozark, 
The theme is a different theme, and obviously the execution, no one's dying in Schitt's Creek. It's a completely different feeling and genre. But the concept is basically the same, except the theme is going to govern the kinds of things that bring this family together in the first season. What's going to bring the family together in the first season is as the secrets come out and the family starts to become real with each other, that's what's going to bring the family together. And as secrets divide them, that's what's going to pull the family apart. If you look at the pilot of Ozark, Jason Bateman is in almost every scene. Um, there is one cutaway to the Laura Linney character, uh, and there is one cutaway to the cops. And other than that, we are going to see Jason Bateman in every single scene. He's the featured actor. Uh, as we get into later seasons, uh, a lot of interesting things happen, which is that we're going to start to realize that it's actually the women that are going to drive that series, which is another little secret, right? That it's actually... Ruth, who's going to be the main character. It's actually the lawyer for the cartel who's going to be the main character. It's actually Laura Linney who's going to be the main character. In later season, the engine ends up changing because the focus on the character changes. So it's natural that this piece would morph. Um, but again, coming back to this idea of secrets, what happens in, in, uh, in the next act? What happens is Wendy Bird, Laura Linney's character, well, she has a little secret too. Um, so while she is supposed to be helping Marty raise all the money so Dell doesn't kill the family, she's sneaking off to meet with her lover, who convinces her, and we see this, but Marty doesn't, who convinces her that she should withdraw all the money from his accounts before the FBI freezes it. And Wendy betrays her husband. Um, Jason Bateman's character, Marty Bird, has a meeting with a PI trying to save his family to see if there's a way that they can disappear. And as he's having that meeting, he gets a text message from his bank and all his money has been taken. He races the apartment building where Wendy is with her lover imagining that he's going to have the hard conversation about, about fidelity. But again, there's a secret. We know something that he doesn't because we've cut away and we've seen that Dell is there. And as he is rehearsing his conversation, bang, the writers again surprise us when the body of Wendy's lover falls at Marty's feet. And later on the phone with Dell, Dell asked Marty if he intervened to save his wife's life before or after he knew the secret about the affair. And he admits, after. And Dell says, ouch. And you can see hitting on that theme of secrets again and the pain that comes with secrets. And Dell asks Marty, it's your choice should you spare your wife or should I take care of the Wendy problem right now? And 
Then what Dell does is he harkens back to a wonderful little monologue he had earlier, right before executing all of, of Marty's business partners. He had told this story about Carlotta, the woman who worked at his mother's store, who got caught stealing $5 from the till. And everybody else, when asked what to do with Carlotta, answered, give her another chance. Put her on probation. It's only $5. And Dell asked Marty, what should I have done? And Marty says, you should fire her because it's not the first time she's stolen from you. It's just the first time you've caught her. And this is an acknowledgement of a much deeper understanding that Jason Bateman is having right now, that Marty is having right now, which is that this probably isn't the first time his wife has cheated on him. It's probably just the first time he's caught her and that he should fire her. And we know what the stakes of that are right now. The stakes are life and death. And we follow Jason Bateman home and we see him looking at pictures of his kids alone. And again, this is the writers, this is secondary structure holding back information. And we are wondering, I think he might've just had her killed. And then she appears next to him and says, thank you. And as they are loading up their car and taking to the road, there is one more secret. Marty pulls over because he has to pee, but he doesn't have to pee. What he has to do is cry. And he hides behind a tree and he cries and he says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And we see this incredibly sad portrait of this man who at the worst time of his life with the most guilt in his life, cannot cry in front of his wife, cannot cry in front of his kids, cannot show anybody who he really is inside. And in the next shot, we see an echo of the scene where his wife appeared by his side. Marty walks to the edge of the forest alone, and he's staring out on this beautiful Ozark Lake and his family comes and joins him. And this may be the last secret of this episode, which is that Marty may not be as alone as he thinks. Mm -hmm. And so you can see the way primary and secondary structure are both working around this one theme. And this is what you wanna think about when you're using theme in your screenwriting, or in your TV writing, or in your playwriting, or in your novel writing, or in your comic book writing. This is how you want to use theme. Once you learn what your theme is, you want to come back to it again and again and again. And as you're looking for the kinds of things that need to happen in your plot, you want to be testing your character around the theme. You want to be asking yourself, what secret does this character have? What secret does this character have? What secret does this character have? How do they hide their secrets? What are my secrets? What are the secrets in this episode? And if you Look out over the vast expanse of what this wonderful first season of Ozark does. You could see that everybody has a secret. 
Russ the redneck is gay and has a life-changing experience finding love for the first time, coming to believe in himself at the first for the first time, not knowing that the person that he is is with who is changing his life is actually an FBI agent who is using him. The FBI agent has secrets about his identity. The town has a secret uh, about what's going to make it so challenging for Marty to launder the money. In the next episode, the kids have a secret, which is they don't do what daddy, what they promised daddy they would do. And suddenly the money that he has tried so hard to protect is put into danger. And Ruth has a secret, which is that while she is coming to see Marty as a father, she is also trying to figure out a way to kill him. The whole first season is powered by secrets and the oppositional force of truth. And that is what gives that first season that incredible shape and that incredible power. Um, That's what gives it that feeling of unity. And the challenge of sustaining that is what becomes challenging as we look at season two and season three when the theme starts to change and decisions start to get made that are away from the theme. And so this is what you want to come back to. What you want to come back to is your theme. And if your project is working great, well, there's a good chance you're already on theme. And if you don't know what your theme is, well, look at what's working great. And guess what? That's where the theme is going to be. And if your series, your show, your movie, your play, your book, your novel, your comic starts to feel diffuse, that's when you want to bring yourself back to theme. Bring yourself back to why am I here? Bring yourself back to why does this matter to me so much? So thank you for joining me today. And if you want to learn more about how to build with theme in television. I'm very excited to be offering a brand new class that I have never taught before. Uh, It's called Write Your TV Series. And what we're going to do over four weeks, we are going to look at all different kinds of series. And this is different from what we do in our TV comedy and TV drama classes, where we're really focused on genre and we're really focused on writer's room. What we're going to do here is we're going to look at all different kinds of genres. We're going to look at traditional sitcoms. We're going to look at crazy stuff like BoJack Horseman and Arrested Development. We're going to look at Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and Succession and everything in between. We're going to look at all different kinds of TV shows and break them down to look at the structure, to look at the engine, and to ultimately figure out how to put that all together into a pilot and a Bible for your own series. So if that's interesting to you, you can check out that out on my website, writeyourscreenplay.com slash TV. And in the meantime, uh, keep writing and I will look forward to chatting with you again soon.
If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd like to invite you to our newest free event. Every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, we have a fabulous event called Quarantinis. And it's going to go on for free for as long as this crazy COVID thing continues. So here's how it works. Um, you can go to my website, writeyourscreenplay.com slash quarantinis. You can pour yourself an alcoholic or non-alcoholic drink. Um, and you will get to listen to an interview with one of our incredible teachers each week. Um, we will talk about a, a screenwriting, TV writing, even comic book writing topic. Um, we will get really deep into understanding how that works. And then that will lead to a writing exercise and a place where you can share your work with the community. It's a wonderful free event and I hope you can join. Um, so again, writeyourscreenplay.com slash quarantinis to RSVP. Um, you can make a donation or you can donate your time and a smile. That's fine as well. Um, and as long as this crisis continues, we're also offering for those of you who are interested in our classes, we know that a lot of you are suffering. So um, we're continuing our scholarship program. So if you are hoping to continue with your writing for every regularly priced um, uh, class that we sell, we are for every regularly priced class that we sell, we're giving away two 50% scholarships. Uh, you can claim them right on our website. It's, a, it's an honor code thing. If you need it, please take it. If you're thinking about ProTrack or a workshop but are afraid about affording it, um, we're, we're matching all the money that gets donated for our Quarantinis event and we're using that to subsidize the cost of ProTrack and workshops for our affected population. So if you want to be part of it, you don't have to worry about money. You can reach out to us, uh, visit our website, reach out to info at writeyourscreenplay.com and we will be happy to help you out.